Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, there was once a time that the Buffalo Bills were the laughable losers of the National Football League, the laughing stock of the AFC East and the butt of a lot of jokes to NFL fans everywhere. Well, things have changed for Buffalo. Now, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I was a fan of the Patriots pre-Tom Brady. But I never experienced the bad years. I had Drew Bledsoe. I saw a Super Bowl. But there was once a time the New England Patriots fans were also the butt of jokes. That They were the bottom of the league. They were having their games blacked out on television because they couldn't get enough people to fill the stadium because they sucked. Hmm. It's been a long time, though. 20 years, to be exact. As Bill Belichick and Tom Brady rode ruck shock over the NFL, six Super Bowls, 10 appearances, 11 appearances, no, 10, 10, 10, 10, 8, whatever it is. Who cares? The Buffalo Bills, for that instance, after losing four straight in the early 90s, well, the Bills Mafia went through a hard time. And I think that Pat's Nation, who's now going through a hard time with New England, we need to ask them for help. Because let me play you this absolute classic from Boston Radio just this week. Joe in the car, first up today, with Gresh and Keith from Bally's Twin River. Hello, Joe. Andy Gresh. Ty Montgomery? Ty Montgomery, that's what we get? Ty Montgomery? That's right. I mean, what is Belichick doing there? I, I mean, are you kidding me? Ty Montgomery, that's, that's the right. best we get? That's I it. mean, how are these teams pulling this off? With these high-profile players with already the superstars that I see, and we get time on Montgomery? That's right. Belichick, you got to get out of here, man. Your days are gone over here. I hey, can't Joe, believe it. Time Montgomery? Joe, were you? Montgomery? That's right. Are you Joe, kidding me? Time Joe, were you? Joe, were you? Drinking, Joe, were you? Joe, were you happy last year? Joe, do you want to listen? Joe, are you an idiot? Joe, are you a moron? Joe, do you have ears? Joe, do you know what you're talking about? Joe, can you think? Are you going to lose your breath? Are you going to drive off the road? Are you going to die right now by yelling Ty Montgomery? Call of the year. Call of the year. How is that not called? Like, what I wanted he to brought say up, that, it was one point, but it was a great point, and he hammered yeah. it. He hammered that point home. Sometimes we have callers that kind of take a meandering path. Uh-huh. Like the guy yesterday, we didn't know if he agreed with us or disagreed with us. He just kept talking and talking and talking. Joe called in. He was not thrilled, evidently, with the time on Montgomery. Because Joe didn't want to also answer the question, were you, happy, were you happy last year? We are not handling it well in New England. Patriot fans are having a problem. Hey. Bill's Mafia. Pat's Nation needs a hug. You know, the NFL had the chance 
to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, and we're back in. Welcome to Ray Sports Rant. I'm Ray Rowden. I'm sitting in that director's chair for the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. Thanks, everybody, who's tuning in. And make sure that you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Never miss an episode of Ray Sports Rant. You can also find tons and tons of great sports content over at DeanBlundell.com. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. And uh, speaking of great sports content over at DeanBlundell.com, today we got Mario from Hashtag Sports coming in. He is a podcaster and a blogger with DeanBlundell.com for the Dean Blundell Network. Him and his partner, Paul, and a smattering of other guys I don't know. Follow them on Twitter at Hashtag 2.0. Follow them on Instagram at Hashtag Sports. Check out their YouTube channel, Hashtag Sports. We're going to be talking a little bit of Buffalo Bills, Toronto. Is it time? Let's do it. It's showtime! Mario, what's going on, man? Yeah, I give you, here's your hug, Ray. I give you a hug. Come on, let's go. Well, let's talk about this for a second, okay? Because I think that you are the perfect person to talk about or talk to, talk about, you are the perfect person to talk to about this subject. That was the English I was trying to use there. It's okay. Because Words are hard. <laughs> you lived in a world where you got to watch the Buffalo Bills go to four Super Bowls in a row. Yes. You had the hope every year, the high expectations. And then you had lots and lots of years where you knew after week one that any hope you had was gone. And you were trying to figure out how the Buffalo Bills would win five games. There's a lot of young Patriot fans who are like 30 years old, by the way, Yep, who aren't used to that. They're no. used to winning. You can hear it on Boston media. Can you, do you have any advice for the Patriot fans who are struggling? Cause I'm a Patriot fan, but I'd already conceded back to the Cam Newton era in New England that we were going to go through some rough times in New England. And I mean, we're not even talking rough times compared to what other teams have gone through. They missed the Super Bowl one year, went to the Super Bowl last year, got really lucky to get there. I have them as a floor of six, ceiling of 10. So it's a big wide gap, probably going to be closer to my floor. But what's your advice as a long-suffering Buffalo Bills fan who's obviously now reaping the benefit of the the weight but what's your advice for patriots fans well mostly if you have a um a, an infrastructure in your organization that is really well put together uh it'll ebb and flow most of the time you know what i mean you'll have a good team you'll do this we got to remember the, the when it with the san diego Chargers when they had philip rivers it all starts with the quarterback you guys always know this it's with the quarterback you know philip rivers they had a lot of successful years there just didn't win any super bowls matt ryan had a lot of successful years just no super bowls um, I think the what's 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 the problem is that we saw a 20-year run of a dynasty that is never going to be matched again. Whereas the Buffalo Bills went to four straight, that may never happen again. 
not, not to mention losing four straight, going to four in a row may never happen again. Having that 20-year success is something that will never, once again, I'll say it so loud enough so they can hear it, will never happen again. Now, you don't have Tom Brady as your quarterback. They got to try to, you know, reload or rebuild or do a bunch of different things. I think they have a very um, solid infrastructure as far as everything that goes in there, um, personally. But and I think that you know they'll be a, they'll be a successful franchise. It's just the fact of you're not going to be that dominant team that you know going into the season you're winning at least eleven and twelve games. You're probably going to go to the AFC Championship game. And, you know, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? It's it's tough because, like I said, it's hard to ask me this because I'm on the other side of it. There were many times over at Hashtag Sports for over the past decade, you know, early December, we're talking about the draft in our shows because the season's done. We're just like, okay. You know, that in-the-hunt pitcher was is like a running joke in Buffalo, in Bill's Mafia. It's like we were always in the hunt. In the hunt. Okay, we're 6-6. Six and six. What's going to happen this year? And for me, as a Bills fan, I just remember all the great defenses that were wasted during that 17-year drought. We had some pretty damn good defenses that could have, if you had a solid quarterback, you'd probably make a run here and there. But nothing that was consistent because you were changing coaches, coaches every three, four years. So now, you know, it comes to the fact where it's it, it, it's turned around. I just don't appreciate some of Bill's mafia that is trying to, you know, beat up on the Patriots. Like, oh, it's payback time. Why? Why? Somebody you don't like, you're going to act exactly like them as if they're like as if they're members of the team wearing rings at the at the at the end of the year dinner. Like, I don't understand what kind of satisfaction you get beating up on somebody who you know their team isn't put together as well as yours. So you should just knowing that you should not you should be like okay whatever see ya thanks for coming yeah and i'll i'll throw out there that as a patriots fan i believe you and i've had a very cordial relationship football relationship we're friends but football yeah. cordial football relationship and i've been very gracious to some of the buffalo bills sort of let's call them shortcomings in the last couple of seasons you know the the afc championship loss the divisional loss i mean we had a lot of poke fun a little bit whatever yeah, yeah. uh Bill's Mafia's attitude going into this season, y'all better win the Super Bowl because I am <laughs> going to be relentless, relentless. Oh, and I mean, even the guys who are good, like you and Paul, right? But when I go over to hashtag sports for a post game to troll, whether they win or lose, I always troll their post game. I go over to hashtag sports to watch their post game. And it's a great post game. One thing we always knew about hashtag sports was they were always the yeah, but guys, they're always yeah, but yeah, but. And I saw Paul sit there and say, I look at this schedule and I'm not worried about anybody. There's no team that could beat the Buffalo bills. And I was going to clip it for you. And uh, I thought he said initially, you know, this is murderers row initially. You're going through murder because you're going through Kansas City. Well, he had Green Bay on there before they lost. Yeah, but no, he said he Thursday. Yeah. He finished off that post game with, "I look at this schedule and I'm not worried about anybody." So you know, the first loss, I'm going to be all over. That. Oh yeah, but I mean, you to to the point though, Ray. You have to agree that the way that the Bills played on Thursday against the defending Super Bowl champions, 
if they happen to play that way, you 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 got to at least admit that they're capable of beating anyone if they play that way. Oh, absolutely. Okay. But when Bills fans start saying it out loud, you oh, now yeah. open yourself of the moment. <laughs> you now open yourselves up for see the one thing I always kind of you know respect about Bills Mafia away from just their undialed loyalty to a team that stunk for a long time. And it, yeah. I mean, the fan base was always rapid, even in the worst days. So I've always had that respect. But there was also this attitude of like, we're going to do us, screw everybody else. And now they're worried about everybody else in the sense of, you know, uh, a lot of Buffalo Bills media has got a lot of things to say about the Patriots. Um, I saw somebody from Buffalo rumbling make fun of Mac Jones injury the other night. Which, by the way, that yeah. tweet is bookmarked under karma, and he better hope nothing happens to Josh Allen because you want to talk about relentless, and you follow me, son. So not you, but the guy who did it, and I know you watch the podcast because we talk about it, and you know who it is. Oh, he's got a boo boo. I remember it, and I'm telling you right now, Chiefs fans did that when somebody got hurt, and when Patrick Mahomes went down for four weeks, I was relentless for four weeks. Because yeah. I don't forget, I don't forget that kind of stuff. But let's talk about that Rams game. Let's move on from that. Let's talk yeah. about that Rams. Game I just want to say real quick though, Ray, before we go on. And I wasn't, I wasn't labeling you. It's not, oh, no, no, it's no. not Mario or Paul. It's not we, hashtag sports. You, you must know that Ray and I, to our perspective teams, the Bills and the Patriots, we are exceptions, not the rule. You'll never see me tweet out about a guy's injury. Number one, that's his livelihood. That's ridiculous. And we'll try to take always an objective approach to the team. We won't take it personal. I don't take it personal if someone yes. says that the Bills do this and that and the thing. I'm not a part of the organization. I don't have any stake in what happens on Sundays. I am a fan that enjoys talking about it, that has 30 years worth of football knowledge to uh, put on the public, if if you will. So. Absolutely. And I'm I'm the same. I take a neutral stance. I'm a troll, but people know I'm trolling. I'm a troll that people know is trolling. I do it for fun. <laughs> yeah. Like Bills fans, I have more Bills followers than anybody else in the world. And I understand I cover the Buffalo Bills now for the Dean Bondell Network, but that like started this year. It's not like this has been a long term <laughs> thing. I had a I walked away from a podcast, a very successful podcast I've been doing the last five years called Dear Pat's Nation to to start Ray Sports Rant and Who's Got Next and talk about the Buffalo Bills. But Bills fans would follow me forever because they know I troll, but it's all fun and games. And the guys who take it personal, like they just don't know who I am. Right. Yeah, Especially yeah, like yeah. when I have hashtag satire at the end of something and you still don't know it's satire. <laughs> it's a problem. But let's get into this Monday night game. Buffalo Bills. They win week one, 31 10 over the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I'm not surprised that the Buffalo Bills won. I was surprised by the score line. Probably surprised me more. Uh, but I'm going to put something into perspective here for you. Okay. From a Patriots fan perspective, I'm going to rewind to the 2019 season. Patriots start the season either 8-0 or 9-0. I always forget, but I'm going to say 9-0. And that's when that famous quote came out from Tom Brady, who said, I'm the most miserable 8-0 quarterback in the NFL. And the Patriots looked dominant. And they went on Monday Night Football against the Steelers, who were seen as an AFC contender that year. And the Patriots blew them out. The next week, they go to Miami with Antonio Brown. The Patriots blow them out. They start blowing out teams. They blew up Buffalo in Buffalo with what was the starting to be the rise of Josh Allen. I believe that was the year that the Bills returned to the playoffs. And we saw a drop-off near the end of the season because mm -hmm. we were ignoring a lot of things. The Patriots mm -hmm. had this phenomenal defense. 
it was it, I think it was the best in the league statistically all over the board. Yeah. The offense was horrible. Now, yeah, the first but, seven wins, there were four games where you held opponents under seven points in two yes. shutouts. Yeah. Yes. So, but we ignored it because when your team is winning, you ignored the efficiencies. I want to talk about the turnovers. <laughs> okay. Like I do, because I have found that the turnovers were really ignored this week. Yes. And I'm turning around saying, and I'm not blaming Josh Allen for one of those interceptions. That was an in and out of your hands. You got to blame Gabe Davis, I believe, is the one who who sort Isaiah of McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie, sorry, yeah. bumped the ball in the air. And then, you know, one wasn't a great throw. The fumbles were soft to me when I watched them. They weren't great punch yeah. outs. They were soft fumbles. So I'm going to put on the table, is there any concern from you when taking away the how good they look? Because a team like the Chiefs could put 28 points on you. If you if you give up four, you know if Facts. you give up the ball four times. Facts. Uh, yeah, they, they. It just seems like a lack of focus. I mean, the the first one was the first carry from second round pick James Cook, and it was a very soft fumble, and he never saw another minute of play in time. You guys know that's a universal rule in the NFL that if you fumble, you're done. Um, that was a very soft one. The obviously the interception that you're talking about, it actually hits McKenzie in the chest. And I've never been on the receiving end of an Allen throw, but I can, I know this, if I don't catch it with my hands, it's bouncing. I mean, you're getting a rebound further than a, than a goalie in hockey. And um, the other fumble was by Zach Moss, who, you know, people had written off in Buffalo because of James Cook and because of Devin Singletary. And then he started to get, gain some momentum that game. And, and the fumbles, I'm not really that t- too concerned about. Uh, the Josh Allen throw that I was concerned about, and I mentioned in our post game, it, it seemed like that was the only throw the entire night that he forced. And maybe it was Jamison Crowder was out for most of the preseason. He maybe he didn't work well uh, or work with Allen one on one too much. But it, and it also seemed like Allen didn't really step into that throw because if he stepped in and let him maybe like a yard and a half more, that's not picked. Um, I have two d- types of categories: there's controlled turnovers and there's you know, forced turnovers. You know what I mean? Like the things that happen for the Buffalo Bills, all of they can control all those things that happen. McKenzie gets that ball. Allen doesn't try to force it. Uh, the fumbles they just happen to cover up. Those are those are ones you can control. If you're talking about interceptions, like like a Joe Burrow game, mm-hmm. where that's a concern for me. That means that's the, that's a guy that he's out there playing with house money. It seems like, and I don't think the Buffalo Bills are doing that. Having four turnovers against the defending Super Bowl champions and only yielding 10 points, I think what what you bring up as far as the concern, like playing a team like the Chiefs, they can hang 28 on you. Well, the Bills might get three of those possessions back and hang 21 back on the Chiefs. So they have the offensive firepower to overcome certain um, adversities like that, where in the past they didn't. Buffalo Bills, if they had turned the ball over, we're sitting there, uh, you know, we're sitting there crying. I think it was the 2008 or 2009 season with the Buffalo Bills. They started out 3-0, and and everyone was jubilant in, in, in the, uh, Western New York. And I looked at the stat sheet, and I said, the Bills turned the ball over 12 t- uh, got 12 turnovers in those first three games. I go, that is not a norm, guys. And, the, and that was the year that they beat Brady, I think it was 34-31 in the comeback one with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I said, guys, I even put it on my Facebook. I put it on Twitter. I put it on everything. I said, listen. Brady had four turnovers today. If you think that in the last week of the season or when they play them again, that he's going to have four turnovers, you're banking on that. Prepare to be disappointed because he does not turn the ball over. They do not turn the ball over as an, as a team. 
So you got four turnovers and just barely beat them by three, and you're celebrating. Like you can celebrate the win, but that is not a model of consistency. The Bills fumbling four times or turning the ball over four times is not going to be consistent for the rest of the year. So I'm not that too. I'm not too worried about it. So let me tell you what my biggest concern about this Buffalo Bills team is, and it happened in this game Monday night, and this is our th- or Thursday night, and this is why I'm bringing it up. Okay. You're in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it's. It it's 31 to 10. I, I mean it, man. There's four minutes left in the game. Believe me, it's great for my content at the Buffalo Bills do well this year. Uh, because, again, I cover the Buffalo Bills for the Bundell Network. I get paid based on my content. I need them to win. I need Josh Allen to be healthy. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? Lowering his shoulder. Running a bootleg and lowering his shoulder with four minutes left in a 31 to 10 game. And why is McDermott not pulling him immediately and sitting him down? I understand the compete. I understand he's tough. I understand he's built different, but believe me, ask Cam Newton what it's like when your body continuously takes punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had, you know, you, you made a reference to earlier, the yeah, but guys, I mentioned that that was one of the first points that I made on the podcast uh, when we did the post game. Now I, I'm old school, Ray. You know this. Like for instance, if you got a ten run lead in baseball and you're stealing bases, your next batter's getting hit in the back. That's me. I'm old school. So if you do that, you know it's you do something stupid like that. That's what's going to happen. the The thing about it is, and being a Patriots fan, and the amount of t- teams you guys have beaten already going into the fourth quarter. What teams like to do, here's how I rationalized it. Now, I'm not rationalizing him putting his shoulder down. I, he ran the ball 10 times. I think there was only four or five that were actually called runs. That was one of them. What you do in the fourth quarter as an NFL team, once you have a lot of stuff on tape, teams watch the entire tape. So what you try to do is put stuff on film that teams are going to have to plan for for the future than when they play you. In that game, there wasn't a signature Allen run like that that he had so I think what Dorsey was trying to do was with it doesn't work with Case Keenum in there it doesn't work with obviously Matt Barkley's in the practice squad so he wouldn't have he wouldn't have played but you run that play with Allen hoping that he's going to slide but putting it on tape so teams have to adjust and plan for that play now did I agree with it no that's always in the arsenal you can keep that in the back pocket the Buffalo Bills didn't face any fourth downs in, in that game, so you don't have your fourth down uh, plays out there in the open for teams to plan against. So you got all that stuff. Good. Just leave that alone. Don't call another called run, especially with him with a 21-point lead. I didn't agree with the call, but I rationalized it in my mind afterwards saying, listen, we're putting stuff on tape so other teams have to adjust for that. And I that's how I understood it, but I still didn't like it. You can rationalize it all you want, and I'm not even going to disagree with your logic. And I don't even disagree with the logic. I disagree with him not going to the ground. I disagree with him going, like, at this point, and this is the thing, and this has been my knock on Josh Allen. And I say this sometimes. I say the marks, the, the difference between a very good quarterback, like, above average quarterback and then that quarterback you know like the quarterback Mm -hmm. is all between the ears 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's knowing how to protect yourself. It's knowing when not to do things. And this has been my knock with him since a rookie. And you know, I love Josh Allen. You knew I was a Josh Allen advocate before anybody was a Josh Allen advocate, but I've seen this since college and I've seen it now. It's, I need him to be smarter. Like, you know, like, and, and this is just a oh, total yeah. neutral observer. I'm not even a fan of the Buffalo Bills, but I'm watching going like, you need to be smarter and that will take you to the next level. Let's move on. We're almost out of time. We've got to yeah, move you, on. And you got to think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott coming from Carolina, having a front row seat for Newton should know that as well. So I'm I wrote sure there that, was a talk. I wrote that in my blog last week. Like someone needs to tell McDermott that's not the norm. You know, no, that's not no. the way they treat it. The way Cam Newton beat up his body is not the norm to do things. No, you know? no not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So the Buffalo Bills, they're a good team. We know they're a good team. Everybody knew they were going to be a good team. They've been Super Bowl favorites, I think, since the last Super Bowl. They're going to play a lot of primetime games. Good for you guys. I have no problems with one o'clock games in the afternoon as a Patriots fan now <laughs> with this with the C C level announcers and being able to go to bed at a decent time. Bill's got a Monday night football game. It's actually not bad. Starts at 7.15. It's one of two. Playing the ten Tennessee Titans. Uh, risk that Ed Oliver won't be available. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Could be a little bit of a concern. The Bills are like a 10-point favorite in Tennessee, I believe. Is the game in Tennessee or in Buffalo? No, it's at home. home Sorry, 10-point ten, ten no. favorite. Uh, this is a game. I did this this last night. I said I I... I fully believe the Buffalo Bills are going to win the game. I just, I put too much stock in, in King Henry and Mike Vrabel to lay 10 points down. I could see this being a seven point game. Uh, yeah. That, that Tennessee defense, I don't think showed everything it had last week. Cause that can be a slug team that can beat up. I think it's going to be a trench game for both sides of the ball for both teams. I think it's going to be a good fight in the trenches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you see this being now I'm, I'm taking the bills to win. I assume you're taking the bills to win, but do you see this being a closer game or do you see them covering that 10 points? Uh, I see it. I mean, we have to go through history and Josh Allen's history playing the Tennessee Titans. Currently he's two and two. Let me read off the scores. A win 13 to 12 at home, a win 14 to seven at Tennessee loss 42 to 16 in Tennessee loss 34 to 31 which actually tipped the scales for the Buffalo Bills uh, last season. Um, but you look at it, in the win that it, they won 13-12, to 12, he was 10 of 19 for 82 yards. How did, how did you win that game? And then, obviously, it was his rookie season. But then, you look, he loses 34-31, to 31, completing 75% of his passes for 350 yards and three touchdowns. He loses that one. So I expect it to be... Uh, a game where it's going to be very, very, very close because anytime you get a team that's going to run the ball, they're going to try to shorten the game. Uh, with the exception of last season where Henry had that huge run against the Buffalo Bills, they have kept him, air quotes, in check, 80 yards, 90 yards. He hasn't been like the bruising 150, 160-yard back like he usually is. Um, the uh, The Tennessee Titans have been a very, very inconsistent football team for the past two years. They'll beat teams that people don't expect them to beat, and then they'll lose to teams that they're supposed to crush. It's very weird, like the way that it works. But in Vrabel coming from that Belichick tree, you know he's going to have a few things to try to confuse and befuddle Josh Allen, which I think he will a couple times. But you look at the offensive power with the exception of Henry there, you don't really have a lot of stuff. I mean, you had Julio Jones in the past. You had A.J. Brown in the past. You had other guys there. Johnu Smith used to be there. Uh, not there anymore. 
so when you look at all that stuff combined, I don't ten points. I would take Tennessee all day. Because just I mean, just to clarify for everybody too that's new to the podcast, not necessarily the YouTube page, but um, my viewership on the the audio version has already surpassed anything I ever did with Dear Pat's Nation from a unique viewer. So we have a lot of unique viewers to this show. I think it's the Toronto sports piece, the Buffalo Bills piece. I want, before you're screaming at your radio or your headphones right now, <laughs> when Mario said Vrabel comes from the Belichick tree, he acknowledges and knows that Vrabel never coached under Bill Belichick, but he yes. played under Bill Belichick and has taken a very similar approach with a Vrabel twist to how Belichick ran a team. That's what he means. People, longtime listeners, you we didn't have to explain it for the new listeners. Mario's yeah. smart. Don't be screaming that he never that Vrabel never coached with Belichick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just the fact of being in that building for as long as he was and the success that he's enjoyed, you pick up some things. You know what I mean? So I think that, you know, he's gonna have a few tricks up his sleeve as far as the Tennessee defense is, you know, disguising coverages, doing a lot of things. A lot of things that LA did not do. They didn't disguise a lot of their coverages uh, in the game, in which Allen was able to hit a lot, of, do a lot of quick hitters uh, to avoid Aaron Donald and whatnot. I think the Buffalo Bills' approach will probably try to be similar to that in the fact that he's going to try to get the ball out of his hands quick. He doesn't want him to take a lot of hits, as we mentioned before. And you're just going to try to – Allen's just going to try to find the weakness in that defense. And But Vrabel, with the, you know, with the weapons that he has on defense – can disguise and kind of mask a few things to try to confuse Allen. I think that's going to be uh, – it might lead to like two two or three three-and-outs, which will then give the ball back to, you know, King Henry in that offense. Like I said, once you play a team that runs the ball as much as they do, uh, you're going to have – the game is going to be uh, shortened. So that's less opportunities for you to score, less possessions you're going to have unless you can create a turnover. I never bank on turnovers going into games, so I always think that the team's going to have about seven or eight uh, possessions. Can they score on half of those, and on half of those, can they score touchdowns? So that's the, that's the philosophy that I have most of the time. Well, I'll be really interested to see how Mike Vrabel handles the Buffalo Bills because he's going to see him a lot in a couple of years when he becomes the next head coach of the New England Patriots. The timing is perfect. It'll be time for the Titans to move on. It'll be time for Bill to finally retire. And I've always, for the last five years, asked anybody who's listened, I've said Mike Vrabel will be the next head coach of the New England Patriots. Mario, that's all the time we got. And uh, I know this is broadcasting at 8 p.m., but we actually have to run over for a 7 o'clock show to go to our, uh, I, I should have said he's, Mario's also co-host with me on the Who's Got Next podcast, which is a yeah. collaboration of just four idiots talking about everything. But uh, <laughs> let the people know where to find you and Paul, all the things you're doing. Tell them all about Hashtag Sports. We are, we are at Hashtag Sports on YouTube. That's our main uh, place where you can see us. But we are on all the socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. We have our charity golf tournament that we're going to be doing the Sunday before the home opener. Uh, places are still open. Our positions are still open for the scramble, benefiting the Williams uh, Syndrome organization. Uh, it's a great charity, so make sure you just come on out. We have raffles for a bunch of jerseys. Um, like I said, you catch us on all the socials at hashtag sports, so make sure that you uh, you check it out and you know leave a like and subscribe if you like. Mario, appreciate you. We'll see you next Wednesday, buddy. Got you, brother. All right, that's all she wrote for today's show. Make sure you check it out on YouTube every day, on Twitter, on the Dean Blundell Network, network Twitter account at Dean Blundell Net. 
follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Hit that like button, subscribe, all that fun stuff. If you don't have time to watch the show, get on the pod, the podcast, get the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at DeanBlundell.com. Got any questions you'd like me to answer? Send it to me on Twitter. That's all I have left to say today. Tomorrow we got Kevin Gerard talking about the AFC East. Thanks for tuning in to Ray Sports. Ray Sports Rant. And never forget, you're all legit, kid. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.